What up, Rod? Cayenne powder mm. and my matcha tea in the morning. Cayenne. You've done cayenne before, though, haven't you? Well, see, that's the thing. I've done Ceylon cinnamon. I could see how you mm. would be confused. There's a lot of they C's involved. They both start with C. Yeah. Yeah. A and lot, there's even... Of, yeah. Yeah. It's shining C. <laughs> it's not right? even cut. It's uh, but there's a lot of that happening. But the other day I was making a matcha and I th- I do throw cinnamon in still and I throw nutmeg in when I'm feeling when I'm feeling it. And then I just started I just like, what's up with the cayenne? I like spice sometimes and whoo, I like it. Mm. It's a little kick with the uh, earthy greenness of the matcha. I was just gonna say it's like an earthy spice. Earth it's spice. an earthy fire. Earth. It's like combining it's like the Captain Planet oh my of, God. of matcha it's tea. Like, the last avatar it's like fire nation and earth nation combined in my cup and then in my mouth and then in my body i just ha- i'm earth and i'm fire mm. <laughs> i love it i'm gonna i'm gonna call it the captain planet matcha special he's our hero but i'm not gonna eat it or drink it or tea it Ooh. let's let's go to the show Here we go. Let's kick it off. We're in season four. We're talking about American ideals. We have an excellent conversation coming up for you with Harriet and Randy of the Now Hear Me Out podcast. We found these folks and now friends, I would say, on the on the Twitters. No, we found them on Instagram. That's where we found them. And in this conversation, we talk about the definition of Democrat and Republican. We talk about conservative and liberal. We get into truth. We get into Judge Dredd because why wouldn't you get into Judge Dredd? Because he says, I am the law. What else do we talk about, Keith? Well, listen, what else do we do? We, we talk about a lot of things. And of course, American ideals see a shining sea. Um, and, you know, often today, more than ever, we sometimes forget compassion is a big part of of having those conversations so that's Mm. why we're here right to anchor you all into that space of compassionate conversation and you know what sometimes it is okay to ask the people around you about it because once again don't forget to follow us on twitter instagram youtube and you can find all things more in common at moreincommonpod.com so thank you and thank you for helping us anchor humanity and compassionate conversation. Super excited to bring this one to you because it really represents what we're all about. Here we go. So before we get into this episode, I got to tell you a little bit of something that Rodney got me into about seven months ago. One of those things, like he talks about these things all the time and I hardly ever try them. But this one Super in particular, true. Audible. Audible for audiobook listening. Like I tell you, I love reading books. I don't have a lot of time. I got two kids, two jobs. I got uh, you know, a relationship that I try to invest in, but I really like to read books and there's a lot of information out there that helps us learn for our for our business, learn for podcasting, learn for all of the things or just pleasure in reading. Mm-hmm. And it gives me that space to to listen. So Rodney, thank you for for putting me onto them because I'm excited to put other people onto it too. Yo, man, glad I could help. I love it. I've been doing it for years. I highly recommend it. And I know you do it for for driving and yeah, I do it for driving time. in LA. And and honestly, you know, you get to get one book for free. You can you can send a book to a friend for free. You can return any book if you don't like it. I mean, that's lovely. 
And, uh, you know, they got a, a trial period going on. You get a free free membership to start. So we're going to put a link on our website. Go check it out. Uh, it's an affiliate link. We do get a little bit on the back end. So you're supporting us. We, we really appreciate it. Go to our website, moreincommonpod.com. Check it out. Check it out. Audible. One of the things about our system, which is great, I think, is that we can experiment with the different states to see what works. And that, that I think, is one of the great things about American democracy. Like, we can try something in, in Arkansas and see, see if it works, and then we can apply it someplace else. And, you know, California used to be, you know, one of the most, let's say, you know, innovative governmental states because we, we, have, uh, we have people, you know, we have public initiatives out here. And, 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 you know, one of the problems in California, though, right now is we've, we've become so dominated by one party. And, and, and the problem is when you don't have, you know, a, at least a two-party system, hopefully you have a three-party system at some point, but a two-party system at some you know, right now, I mean, California, you have a one-party system. And the problem is when you have a one-party system, there's just not a lot of debate back and forth. It's almost like, here's the law. Whatever it is, and you got to abide by it. And the only way you can fight it is to sue. And lawsuits take a long time. So, so yeah, I mean, but but you know, that's what's so great about this country. And it this you know, this system doesn't exist in a lot of countries. And it you know, but I think the I think the federal state system is our, is our strength. To be honest with you. All right, welcome back to the More in Common podcast. Today, we are with the father-daughter duo, Harriet and Randy Bearholtz of the Now Hear Me Out podcast, a podcast where they come together to have political and social conversations representing two sides of the argument. Harriet graduated from the University of San Diego, is a singer-songwriter, and has started and sold two different e-commerce stores that surpassed seven figures in sales in under 18 months. Wow. (laughs) Oh, and she's a registered Democrat. Randy is a graduate of Yale Law, an Oxford Rhodes Scholar, a former adjunct professor at Thomas Jefferson School of Law for for acting general counsel at Innovis Pharmaceuticals, Inc., among many things. He is also the secretary of the California Republican Party. Together, they aim to demonstrate the possibility of having very different viewpoints still coming together with love and understanding in an effort to spur change and action. Welcome you two. Thank you. Thank you so Great much. to be I'm on. Usually the ones doing the intro. I know. Awesome. Yeah, it's always fun it's weird when it's you, right? It's yeah. Right. Really weird when it's like, you're like, I did do that. Yeah. yeah. I, know. Totally. I, know. I, know. I am accomplished. Right. So, the first question, always a prepped question, and then we'll see where we go from here. But I got to tell you, I love like favorited now. I I love listening to your podcast. It's fun. It's entertaining. And it's definitely good, uh, the two of you dynamic, the love that you have for each other, even though you disagree on a lot of things and agree on a lot of things too. But a recent area of conversation you have started having is how can we spur action to actually change the political dynamic in our country, not just talk about it and complain about it. So what I'd like to level set with, and I don't think it's a conversation that is had often enough because at the macro level, like let's level up. And what do you each think the role of government should actually be? Right, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, I think the role of government is really about working for the best interest of the people. I think something that people forget, and, and I, I saw this a lot during um, the Brett Kavanaugh kind of hearings and trials and all that kind of stuff is this is somebody we're choosing. I mean, not necessarily in that case, but, you know, to work for us, to work for our best interests, to work for the, the common good of the country rather than pushing their own political agendas and goals to just further their career. Um, in my opinion, it's about putting ego aside and just making making good choices that's going to take America further along than, you know, we were in the past. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it, one of the things Harriet and I talk a lot about is about the we. You know, to me, government is about the we. And, and, and for me, you know, you have individual family and you have government. And, and there are just, you know... We can't all live on an island or on a mountain. You know, we you know we are interconnected as we're finding out today. But to me, you know, we have a very big, diverse country here, uh, and and you know, for me, government should be about how we can provide the best good to people at probably the lowest cost, just so we can provide more good. And and so for me, it, it, you know. I think everybody needs to have a part of their brain and a part of their day or, or you know, devoted to the we. And, uh, and, and that's why I'm a big fan of citizen statesmen, of citizen soldiers and, and the like. Because, you know, to me, in, in this democracy, the we is so important. And I see, I see the we being captured right now. By by big institutions or 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 by big entities, and so I'd like to have the we again focus on how do we help all of us? You know, you know, how do we just help us maximize the good? So if we take those answers, which are wonderful, and drill down another layer, and like maybe the the simplest layer would be federal and local. Like, how yeah. do you see it playing out? Like, what are your takes on it there? Since Randy, you're Republican. Harriet, you're Democrat. Like, how do you see those roles? Because that's a very similar answer, yeah. right? So yeah. now yeah. we've, on the we've surface, found like, the commonality, oh, yeah. which I, is what I think many yeah. of us would agree the, the government sure. is, at the end of the day, there to support and help and make sure that we can live our best lives. Yeah. But then, yeah, take sure. going where we're Why don't I stuck this one, Harriet? Is that okay? Because yeah, yeah, go go first. Yeah, so, you know, we have a federal system of government. It's been enshrined in our Constitution. And if you imagine the Constitution was originally created by 13 states, and the 13 states understood that 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 politics and government is really local, but that at the same time, you need to have some type of entity at the federal level, which is the national level. But if you look at our system, we started out with the Articles of Confederation. Which, which were really, you know, was, was really a loose organization that didn't give the federal government that much power here. And so, so then we created this, this, this constitution. But what's, what's great about our country is that we have experiments in, 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 in that, you know, we have experiments in government. But, but proper role of the federal government, some people would like to have a, a more omnipresent federal government that that really is top-down leadership, but you know, I think we're still 
you know, I, I think there's that battle right now going on as to, and you see it, the COVID-19 situation is such a microcosm of everything we're facing right now. And if you think mm-hmm. about it, who the hell do you trust? Do you trust President Trump? Do you, who, who do you listen to? President Trump? Do you listen to you know, California Gavin Newsom? Do you listen, listen to the border? Dr. Fauci. Yeah, yeah. the, the, the border supervisors in, in do you listen to your mayor? Because yeah. some mayors are conflicting yeah. with yeah. governors. So, so like, but, yeah. but, you know, I think Americans historically have resisted the top down. But except in an emergency, it's, you know, I used to be a Democrat. And, you know, it takes me back to the, you know, to the Great Depression. And, and there were two modes of thought at that point. You had Herbert Hoover who said... Let's keep the federalist system and, and, and you know, let's work within the, the framework to help people. And then you had Franklin D. Roosevelt who said, the hell with that. People are hurting right now and they need help now and they need hope and they need programs. So this is, I think, the dichotomy in our country, which, which really makes it interesting. So, you know, which, which way do I go? I don't have a horse in the race, to be honest, but I just want to see us help the most people people in the best way we can so what about you Harriet? i mean i would have to say that federal government obviously is there to sort of set the standards of how the country is going to be run but it's up to local government to really understand on a individual city level what's best for that region um for example obviously the federal government has been overseeing the crisis care and management during like you know during the coronavirus uh pandemic but local local government on a smaller scale obviously you know georgia texas florida you know the the governors yeah they they have different opinions as to reopening i mean some even you know decided that they weren't ever going to 100 percent shut down their doors or close small businesses in any way um and i know obviously in california we have governor gavin newsom who is very much you know he's more heavy-handed i know he, he took broad sweeping action to obviously shut things down, to flatten the curve, to stop the spread, because California was heavily hit by the coronavirus, you know, um, and and he's faced a lot of pushback um, for for being power hungry or for, you know, uh, just trying to control things. And people have a lot of opinions as to what's best. For example, I mean, case in point would be the whole, I know you guys aren't in California, so it's probably not a big deal for you guys. Rodney is. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm in Ohio. Ohio. Three, so I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, three of the four of us. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah. I just can't remember Indiana and Purdue, so I, I apologize. No, I totally forgot. Um, but but with the beaches being closed down, for example, yep. um, you know that we're reclosing uh, down now. Yeah, reclosing. So it was. It's like this back and forth of we're we're closing down, and then it's like can people abide by the rules? And I guess uh, no offense, Rodney, but Huntington Beach kind of screwed up and they weren't really abiding by any of the rules. Oh, yeah, no, they, they got a whole bunch of new cases after 100%. imagine a large gathering of people yeah. in close part. Have you seen the pictures? Oh yeah. It's it like, like, it's like it a was, frat party. <laughs> I've never seen a, it's like, it's Florida. like uh, what's that beat? The Ozarks. Like, you know, like yes. people are super close for yeah. the party. It was, it's wild. It's, it's crazy. And in but I, Diego, yeah. Oh, sorry. Just tweeting and talking about, uh, the people that they just met today and this wonderful couple that they met at the beach. Like, for, guys, <laughs> guys, guys, gals. It could happen from six feet away, potentially. Like, we don't know. We don't know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Might have. Chance. Not usually. Yeah, guys. Hey, yeah. let me just mention, though, too. I mean, you know, one of the things about our system, which is great, I think, is that 
we can experiment with the different states to see what works. And that, that I think, is one of the great things about American democracy. Like, we can try something in, in Arkansas and see, see if it works, and then we can apply it someplace else. And, you know, California used to be, you know, one of the most, let's say, you know, innovative governmental states because we, we, have, uh, we have people, you know, we have public initiatives out here. And, and, and you know, one of the problems in California, though, right now is we've, we've become so dominated by one party. And, and, and the problem is when you don't have, you know, a, at least a two-party system, hopefully you have a three-party system at some point, but a two-party system at some point, you know, right now, I mean, California, you have a one-party system. And the problem is when you have a one-party system, there's just not a lot of debate back and forth. It's almost like, here's the law, whatever it is, and you've got to abide by it. And the only way you can fight it is to sue. And lawsuits take a long time. So, so yeah, I mean, I but, but, you know, that's what's so great about this country. And it, this, you know, this system doesn't exist in a lot of countries. And, it, you know, but I think, the, I think the federal state system is our, is our strength, to be honest with you. I know, like, I like that he started off with this question because your initial answers are, are essentially the same. Yeah. And then the breakdown of how we apply it. I mean, your breakdowns are not that far apart, but like there are probably some nuance in that, like depending on what the situation is. And then if you talk to another Republican, they may change. They may have a different view on it. They may say, no, I have a, ra- a horse in this race. But I think having that initial conversation as to, well, what are, what's the ideal that we're trying to reach yeah. or what is the what is the thing we're trying to accomplish with the operational operationalizing of whatever the law is? just sets the table to say, okay, well, we are trying to achieve the same thing. We may look at it differently. Exactly. It's just- that's what this, like for us, that's what this season's all about. Shared American ideals and values, yeah. right? Like, cause now you get into the, the nuance of like, you talked about it, Randy. It's this weird. I mean, I, I think it's been since the, the start of the country, but especially when we really started becoming a binary political system. Um, and it, it becomes this, this, if, if I'm on the other side in politics, I mean, you see it at a national level, especially for the last 20 years, um, not just the last four, but the last 20, if there is a, an opposing party in the house, nothing gets done, right? Because there is no compromise. There's no conversation for what, right? Like, level setting that we are trying to accomplish the same things, but we disagree on how to get it done. Maybe. Um, but you know, where do you see that? I mean, you've been plugged into this world for a really long time. AKA I'm old. Like how do you see that? <laughs> <laughs> very involved. How, how do you see that? changing because i mean we rest so much of our own personal discourse on what happens in washington and it's like why like they're just a bunch of old bickering men like you're not old randy you're 58 like like, they're old right (laughs) they're 70s and 80s you know (laughs) but like how do you how do you see that changing especially since you're i mean you're you're in the party um like what kind of perspective well, do you have on that Harry and i were talking about this and, and, and you know obama uh, president former president obama's a great uh communicator former president reagan was a great communicator 
And, and you know, mm-hmm. some of this is being able to communicate, you know, us, we, what's the American ideal? But, it, but you, you know, right now we're talking about this yesterday, actually. You know, um, in a totalitarian government, everything rests on on how the leader feels that day or how that party feels that day. And if you're in, it's great. And if you're out, it's terrible. There's no protection for a minority view. But in American democracy, you know, right now what we have between the parties, it's like living in a household where your parents hate each other and they're almost ready to get a divorce. I mean, and 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 it is like... It's like, holy hell. And, 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 you know, and, and, you know, Harry and I were lucky in that we were in China for a while, you know, during a very interesting time period in the Chinese history where the Chinese, uh, the Chinese, uh, some governmental people, but business people were trying to open up the political system to say that we just don't need an economy that's open. We need a political system that, that's open because, you know, b- because a political system that's open is responsive. And as we're finding out... Where in China were you? Were you in Hong Kong? We were in Hangzhou uh, and Hong Kong, Hangzhou, Shanghai, Hong Beijing. Shanghai, Beijing. But um, and, awesome. and yeah. it was a great education for for Harriet, though. I, I, I mean, I literally took this girl from San Diego, you know, who we gave her some sort of introductory Chinese lessons and said, okay, you're going over with me. You're what, Harriet? 15 or 16? You're going to be my yeah, translator. Okay. All right, Harriet, here oh, you are in China. Speak. You- you had me take your laundry to various outlets for you because you didn't know how to do it because you were afraid. I, I don't know how you would have. I only did that once. Cab. I don't have my daughter do my laundry. Harriet, Harriet's resilient. That's what. Yeah. That's what I, I don't have my daughter like, do my laundry. Go figure it out, that. Harriet. Yeah. I don't use my kids to do my household chores. Yeah. Let me just say that. No, but you know, but one of the things that I think about the American ideal and the American spirit. You know, here's how I see America. You know, I'm in a plane, you know, you know, I'm in a jet, I'm piling it back, you know, I'm piloting it back myself. I want to be able to hear that American voice on the phone leading me back to this country, you know, where there's shared values. But I say to all Americans, we don't really understand who we are and what we are and the ideals that are so, in, so ingrained in us until we leave the country, until we go to another system, you, 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 you know, where, where you don't have freedom, where you don't have liberty, where, where you can't speak your mind. But, you know, you know, I think almost like the Israeli kids have this, you know, or, or Jewish kids some, sometimes can go back to Israel. And that's, that's what they do when they're 19. I almost think every American kid should go if they can either through the military or through you know college or something go outside of the country for a little bit to really understand who we are as as a people and and, and, and you know you know this country is a is, is you know we've brought so many different types of people into this country and if you look at like second generation kids you know this american process is real and, and we and we do create Americans. Where I mean, I'm mean, looking in the old days. Imagine what they did in this country. And and America's had you know sometimes a great history and sometimes a terrible history. Uh, but it, it, you know what America did at first was that it took Europeans who hated each other 
you know, just spoke different languages and hated each other and blended them in in this country to have sort of one American ideal. And then America then, you know, it, it, you know, tried to live up to its ideals there that it was spawning, you know, but to then go into other groups who it didn't treat nicely when we formed in that, you know, to, but to create, you know, this, this American, these American values. And so I guess my, I guess my, my point on all this, and I'm trying to get back to it, you forget it after a while, but is, I, I mean, it's just that, you know, this American ideal is real, you know, we, we, we share it and, and it's got to be preserved. And, you know, and, and my generation, one of the things my generation has to do, which we aren't that good at, my generation is pretty selfish. I'll be honest with you. You know, my generation has to realize that you guys are important. Why am I doing this show with my daughter? You, you know, I realize how important it is to have a transition. And, and, and you know, the greatest feeling as a, as a father is when she says something. And it's what I, what I said to her 20 years ago, or I mean, maybe, maybe 15 years ago, all right, you know, and she remembered it. And, and it was a lesson that, that somebody had taught me. I don't know what the hell I went with that, but you know, <laughs> no. it was a great I, trip. I, I, have, <laughs> I, have, yeah. I have added questions yeah. to to get into okay. some things, but Harry, I'm yeah. curious what your your thoughts are based on everything your dad just said. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 I, I don't even what remember what the question was. was. <laughs> yeah, why don't we direct it to a new question? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you said something in there. Um, you're kind of alluding to like um, preserving the ideal. So I, I, my head thought of like the difference between conservative and liberal, but um, I would be curious how you two define conservative and liberal, because I think they're terms that are thrown around. Yeah. And they're usually thrown around and loaded. Yeah. Like they, they're, 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 yeah, they're thrown around. They're used, they're way. used in a negative connotation oh, yeah. by the opposing viewpoint to, vilify and and the same thing with democrat and republican like we don't i don't even know what those terms mean anymore based on the way people use them curious to get your take yeah like what do they mean to you okay so for me personally i and i was a republican i don't know if i mentioned this before i was a republican i was oh yeah yeah, we started her out right republican oh my god i know if i hear that (laughs) one more time um so i registered republican at 18 Stay independent. Yeah. It's easier. Oh, I know, right? Um, <laughs> I, I, you grow up with your parents, I, I, you know, ideas and ideologies and belief systems. And my mom's British, and I don't feel like she even really feels like she's a part of this country at certain times. So really, my, my, my only political base was my dad. And I grew up extremely conservative. I sang at all of these different events for like Rick Perry. And um, honestly, I was just looking for singing opportunities. I wasn't really doing it politically minded. I was like, wherever you need me, <laughs> right. like, I'll, I'll be yeah. there. Um, yeah. But the, the older I got, the, the more I really started to see that my ideas weren't really based in reality. They were based simply upon what I heard my dad say. Like, for example, and I'm not trying to call you out in any way, dad, but I, I didn't like Obama. And I remember my mother-in-law, when I met her for the first time, being like, why? And I didn't have a good reason. I, it was kind of just like, oh, because my, my dad said he's, you know, a uh, Kenyan chain-smoking socialist. And I was just like, I, Randy, your face. Did you say that? Like, like, you, you, you me out. You yeah, I'm not sure I said he was Kenyan. He's American, but you know, chain smoking. I know. He used I to smoke. 
But anyway. I, I, but no, no, no. But, I, but I'm just saying. So that, that, that no, my opinion no. was not grounded in anything real. And the more I kind of started to think for myself and formulate my own opinions and ideas, and I saw the kind of person that he was, which is, in my opinion, a truly incredible father, husband, leader, figure, speaker, everything. I kind of started to think, well, like, okay, what else was my dad wrong about politically? No offense. Not taken. <laughs> but I, I started to dig deeper. And what I kind of feel like personally between Republicans and Democrats, conservatives and liberals, I feel like Republicans are very much, for example, make America great again, this slogan. I tried to get into this with a, a Republican the other day. Didn't He did not want to engage with me. I kind of said, okay, what does that mean? Are you saying we want to get back to these old ideas? You know, America was maybe once great in what, the 50s? When women had fewer rights, there was, you know, racial division in schools. Like, what do you, what was- Jim Crow. Yeah, what was the greatness there? What, what was this great idea that we're trying to get back to, this ideal? And I feel like they're very much stuck in the past, Republicans, and they're not being extremely progressive. And that's, that's my personal opinion. They're more interested in preserving the old ways I mean, I, I've heard firsthand from, from Republicans going to these events, very present. I don't want to live around people who don't look like me. Oh, if a black family moved into my neighborhood, oh, I try to get my kids out of there right away. And that's, I'm not saying that's everyone. I'm not saying that's how all of these people feel. But I feel like putting, it's not wanting to move forward. It's not progressive. And, and they're very much stuck in the past. And that's just my personal opinion. I feel like Democrats, on the other hand, they are they're more interested in taking care of society. And yes, that might mean spending more money on social programs, but they're interested in, in moving America forward and being progressive and taking care of the little guys. And I just and being inclusive and not turning a blind eye to things like having kids in cages, you know, like there's so many different things. All right. We only put share. you in a cage every now and then. Come on, be honest. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Don't bring up the past <laughs> anymore. That was exceptional. <laughs> in your answer, even, I heard it happen a little bit where yeah. you're split from talking about conservatism. Yeah, I don't that's know fine. <laughs> To yeah. conservatism is, yeah. is correct. Yeah. I think that's what the I think that's the the thing that happens. Conservative yeah. equals Republican, but I don't know that that's true. Personally. Like you even define yourself as a conservative Democrat, right? Yeah, Harriet? I mean, I, honestly, because I'm not you know insanely wealthy and social programs cost a lot of money, so I'm concerned if I pay for all of the ones that I am fond of, I will have no money left to live and buy food. But uh, I would say conservative in the sense. I honestly, I feel like saying conservative Democrat makes it easier to start a conversation sometimes with non, you know, non with non-Democrats personally. It, it kind of lowers their bar and makes them think, okay, and we hear this on every episode with a Republican, maybe we can bring you back to the right side of politics. Yeah, I hear it all the yeah, time in your show. And right? I'm just so, and I swear the one well, thing I hear all the time is once you make your first paycheck, you'll come back to the right side. And I'm just like, you know fight what? Fight that, right? Yeah, fight the argument. Know we lowest common denominator a lot of things and mm -hmm. and it's so like even conservative like i, I want i want to and randy i want yeah. you to, to define conservative oh, yeah. and liberal in your head but i think even that doesn't do it justice because like i could be socially liberal yeah. and fiscally conservative oh, like yeah. those things can exist in one person 100%. and i think we don't pay that homage when we just say oh well you're a conservative like well conservative in, in which way in what way well, if you think about it too, guys, I, I, I mean, look, so, so, you know, I was a Democrat until I was 34 years old and I supported Bill Clinton, you know, and I, I campaigned for him. I was, uh, you know, and, you know, I, I was, I would say I wasn't, he was, I wasn't in the total inner circle, but, but, but I was in a 
the outer inner circle, maybe, uh, it, it, you know, but, uh, you know, I left, I left the democratic party because I, you know, to me, I thought it left, you know, I, I, I thought a lot of the pro military aspect of the democratic party left. I thought the, the, the sort of pro business aspect, the uh, pro entrepreneurial part left, but, you know, conservative, you know, I think that, can yeah. I ask you what made you feel that way out of curiosity? You know, yeah. uh, um, there used to be guys like Senator Sam Nunn in the party. There used to be okay. even Senator Daniel Patrick Moynihan. And, and, and you know, and, and, and so um, we had in, in uh, Pennsylvania, where I'm from, we had uh, Sen- uh, we had Governor Bob Casey, who, who was more of a, you know, more of a conservative Democrat. But, it, you know, I think, you know, one of the big issues for me, I, I, I think, was, uh, um, I don't know, you know, I felt, I remember I was interviewing for a job in the Clinton administration, and I went down to D.C., and I had an interview with a woman who sort of said to me, who's your leader? And, 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 and sort of said to me, so you're the pro-union guy. Or, or you're the conservative union guy, or, you know, it, it was like, she was trying to pigeonhole me. You know, she was trying to say, mm-hmm. okay, you're not this, you're not that, you're not this, you're, you're a white guy, but you're, 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 you're and, 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 you know, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so tired of labels and, you know, you know, I'm so tired of be, people being put into sociological boxes all the time. You, 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 you know, um, I, I was an intern for a Democratic congressman, a guy named Frank Harrison from Pennsylvania from 1983 to 84 in, in D.C. Actually, the year, year that the Redskins won the Super Bowl, which is a whole whole different thing, D.C. You, you know, D.C., <laughs> when the Redskins won the Super Bowl, more murders and more crime. But, you know, that and, and, and more. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, you know, but. but it, 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 Did the same thing happen in 92 with Mark? Oh, Brown? yeah, tell me. But, but you know, but, uh, yeah. but uh, you know. The ideal politician that I saw at that time was, I remember I was in the House and, and, and had all the interns watching the debates and, or, or, or just the proceedings. And, that. and I remember seeing this one guy, he's a Republican, and he was a business guy. So he came in, he made enough money for his family, and he had, he had enough means, and he could go into politics and he could... Pretty much, I would say what he wanted, but you know, I was tired of union bosses coming to me and saying, you know, you know, saying to me that that you had to vote my this way uh, because we're backing you. And you know, I just didn't want to do that. My mom was in the union. My mom was in the ILGW union. You know, ILGW. She was she worked in a dress factory. My dad worked. You know, was a coal miner. And I, I have three history. You know, three generations of my family died in the coal mines. You know. So, so I think that's what changed me in, in that I wanted to be my own person. I didn't want to be dependent on anybody. Now, not to say politics, you know, not to say politicians are dependent, but, you know, so, but conservative and liberal. I had been trying within the party, the local party and the state party and, and the national party for years now to change. I don't like the word conservative. I don't like, you know, I really don't. I, I just, you know, to me, it's like, well, status quo. Well, how? I think the Democrats have won the war of you know the 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 war of words. You know, progressive sounds a hell of a lot better than conservative. So, 
I'm trying to think of another way, like innovative government or something like that. And every time I do, I'm told by my party to shut up. Nobody gives a damn. Yeah. And I'm like, seriously? So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Guys. No, I was no, going to no. say, like, I, I had to stop it there not to yeah. Con- yeah. Um, interrupt your train of thought. But along that train and this, I'm curious to see, like, do you see in yourself a shift to that same 34 year old who was tired of being told what to say and what to do and how to vote? Do you see that coming back full circle? And this is not yeah. just a Republican thing, but is very much prominent in the Republican Party right now. Um, but it's also a Democratic thing, right? Yeah. Like, if you don't do that, like, uh, well, you know, this is the binary voting oh, yeah. principle well, that drives me bananas. But I'm curious to get your perspective. I'll be honest there. with you. You know, all my life I was working <clears throat> to become a politician. And so I, I've, I've got a very clean life. You know, and, and I wasn't controversial. <laughs> and, 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 so that's why you're not a politician. Well, is that right? Yeah. You know, to be honest with you, I got to a, and I'm sorry, I, don't want to, I got to an FU point in my life where I'm like, you know what? Screw it. You are allowed to cuss. That's good. Okay. You know, I know you look. I know you don't like when Harriet does on your show. Harriet, you're allowed to on our show. Okay. I got to a point where I'm like, I got to a Russell Wilson moment. And, and as you guys know, Russell Wilson, quarterback, but Russell Seattle Wilson's Seahawks dad wants, you know, team. Russell Wilson was always told you're too small to be a quarterback or you're not fast enough or you're, you know, your arm's not good enough. But his dad said to him, you know what, Russell, why not you? And, and, you know, I always hear that in the back of my mind, you know, it's like, why not you? And, you know, I'm at the point in my life where to be honest with you, I don't give a shit. I don't give a crap what somebody thinks about me. I'm going to say what I was supposed to have said 30 years ago. And, 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 and also, you know, I'm at the point right now where I'm not going to bend for my party. My party is going to damn well bend for me because I'm, I've, you know, I've spent time in the trenches. You know, I spent time walking precincts, you know, voting for people, you know, helping people run. You, you know, holding signs. I mean, Harold, I'll tell you. You held signs in so many political. I held signs for, for myself, running for the school board. <laughs> I was the guy on the side of the road holding the sign all the time. And, and you got my grandparents, yeah. my gonna... British grandparents, to hold these signs and get but, food. But but I but I paid amazing. I paid my dues now. And like for example, you, 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 you know, I interject. Yeah, sure. Quick. Sorry, on, on that point. Um, I just want to impose a thought and see what yeah. all y'all take out of it. Um, it seems to me that that is one of the most core American ideals. Like a congressman, a senator, an elected official is not, in theory, put there to accomplish what they personally want to accomplish. It is They are put there to represent people that put them there. And what you just said, I'm not going to yield for my party. They should yield for me. Like that seems like the most American ideal that I am aware of, that we, the people are supposed to be the ones that form the government and form what happens in DC or in state halls or it kind of seems like that's like one of the most core American ideals. We're actually interviewing somebody later this season who she's kind of written a declaration that she would like to get amended into the constitution to say like, Hey, by the way, hi, American people, we're still here. 
and like wow. what we think is actually important. And and we American people should speak up and should force our governments and party. But anyway, that's the thought. What do you two think on that? Okay. No, or you can. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So 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 look. You know, um, I speaking up in my own party because California Republican Party has been losing clout. You know, and, and, and over and over and over again. And I say to people now, be brave and be bold. You have nothing to lose because you're losing. You know, if we were winning, maybe it'd be different, but we're freaking losing. So, you, you, you know, you know, you can't repeat these same mistakes. You know, I'm not, you know, so, you know, some people in my party, you know, somebody once told me, a uh, for, former head of the state uh, Republican Party once told me, 20% of people in politics are crazy. And I think it's probably 30%. And, 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 but, you know, but, but if I cannot feel comfortable telling my party, here's my beliefs, I don't want to be that guy in office who is going to feel that, you know, I have to have a poll to determine how I'm going to vote on something. You know, I will listen to people, but in the end, you know, you know, I'm up there. I'm up there putting, you know, putting my history and putting my name on the line. And, you know, to me, what's the role of a party? Harry and I talk about this all the time. The role of the party is to have better government. That is the role of a party to elect mm. better leaders. And if the parties don't do that, if we're electing bums, and I'll be honest, and, and you're going to hear this from me, I'd rather elect a good Democrat than a crappy Republican. And if I get crap, oh, yes. and if I get crap for that, so be it. I don't care. And vice yeah. versa, like, I mean, yeah, you know, well, you totally. said a minute ago, I, I yeah. and the, the two things you just yeah. said, like, what's the role of a party? I, that, that's such a great question. I, yeah. And that's to run better government. Yeah. So then go back to the other thing. It's like, well, we're losing. And it's like, what's winning? Yeah. If winning exactly. is running better government, then maybe we're aiming for the wrong thing. Yeah. 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 I, and where do you think, oh, go oh, ahead, no, Harry. Sorry. Um, Uh, Yeah, I was just going to say, and and my dad and I kind of talk about this all the time, and this is something that we kind of both agree on. And I, I am so sick of hearing people say things like vote red, vote blue. And, 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 you know, and you see it on the San Diego Republican website, San Diego Democratic website, a blue wave, a red wave, whatever it is you want to call it. I think you need to vote for the best person who is going to represent your beliefs, who you feel like is going to move the needle forward more for what you believe an American ideal, you know, society will look like. And I personally on this show, and I'm happy to say it, I've met some really awesome Republicans who I feel like are better candidates than some of the Democratic ones, you know, and it's just true who I've remained super good friends with. Almost everyone on our podcast is a Republican. I now, you know, talk with like a couple times a week. Like they're awesome. Yeah, I know everybody. Yeah. 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 Randy's, Randy's network is deep. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I, mean, I don't, it's so wild to me that you have to qualify that. You, you totally. So, I mean, the amount of people yeah. that just say, if you're not voting red, you're voting against America. There was this whole thread. And I, I refrain most of the time from engaging in Facebook conversations because they usually don't ever yeah. leave anywhere and they just leave you frustrated and angry. But you sometimes just see things that are so asinine and so blatantly un-American, you know, and, and just false, like saying a vote for any Democrat is a vote against the Constitution. Like, I think there are a lot of Democrats, especially that we've spoken to, who, who pride themselves in constitutional, you know, belief and, and pride. You know, it's the founding document of, of this country for the most part. It's our ideals and it's our beliefs and everything laid out. 
but personally, I'm going to get crap for saying this. I believe that even the best stories can sometimes need to be amended. And that makes me very un, unpopular with a lot of Republicans. So that, that's just kind of my belief. Um, yeah. But the, the Constitution was written with the idea that things may change in the future, right? So. Like that's why, you have that's an why everything's process. an amendment, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, it's an amendment. It's not, it's not a, a, a written in stone document. And you, you're alluding, both of you are alluding to something that I fundamentally am starting to see, especially in COVID. Oh. Um, where government plays a role and where we don't elect enough for, and that's leadership. We, and I, I think there is, um, there are a lot of issues to, to vote for and not vote for. And, um, we don't have strong, generally speaking, people who are leaders that to your point, Randy, they, they go which way the wind is blowing because it's politics, right? And you've got to, versus being the leader to provide for the people, even if it's not popular and you may not get reelected, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, you were elected based on principle, not based on belief. And being elected for principle, not belief, in essence, allows you to act based on your principles. And if those principles vary and you don't get reelected, well, then that's the case. How do you and I'm curious, belief, before you ask your question, to ask a question, yeah. Difference between principle and belief. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Go ahead. What do you think, Dad? From, 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 it's, it's a good question. Like, I can believe that, um, let's say, I can believe... I don't, I, I'm try, I try not to be overly uh, risque in my, my examples on this. On this. Um, I, go for it. I can believe marijuana is um, bad, which I don't, Randy. Um, just <laughs> FYI. <laughs> just giving you a hard time, my man. Um, I can believe marijuana is bad. But that's a belief. That, there's no principle rooted in that. My principle could be such that um, substances make my life better, right? Like I, I fundamentally have a principle that I should use all substances that make my life better. Therefore, I believe marijuana isn't bad. Um, but my principle could be very different that ultimately leads me to that belief. That's the way I kind of uh, distinguish between the two. So a principle is a very high level overarching guiding, um, direction whereas a belief is just a, 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 a you know a thing yeah yeah that's a that's a good way to put it so it leads me to my question where do you think randy you said the republican party you're fighting back where do you think things have gone sideways to to you know kind of anchor on that principle and yeah, belief yeah. point which yeah. is why i brought it up I think sometimes people in the Republican Party talk about principles without have, without hitting what government has to do, and government has to solve problems. And, and I think sometimes, you know, we talk about liberty and we talk about freedom, and they are so important. And, and, and frankly, one of the most important people we all need to have around is Rand Paul, because Rand Paul reminds us about liberty. And, 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 and you know, as somebody said about liberty, is that when you lose it, you know, it's gone. And, and, and you know, but, but one of the things Republicans have to do is, is 
one of the things that Democrats are great at, and they're great, they're great at emotion, and they're great at connecting, you know, you know, you know, an, an you know, a, a program or something with solving a problem. I don't think they're the greatest at efficiency, and I think they're, I think their their ways to do things cost a hell of a lot of money, and I think it could be more efficient. But they're great; they're better at connecting emotionally. I think with with people who have immediate needs, like we were talking about with with uh, FDR during the Great Depression, and you know, granted those programs may have not been the best from a societal standpoint, but they solved the problem. And and you got to solve problems. And Republicans have to understand if somebody's hungry on the streets, they need to have food now. They don't need to have a principle. Although I'll be honest with you. You know, I'd rather be poor and have my rights than to, you know, than to be full and to be under communist dictatorship. So there, there are these balances back and forth. But, you know, the, I'm trying to get, because of I've been a Democrat, you know, I'm trying to get Republicans to connect more with, with, with people. I mean, look, Pennsylvania is a swing state. You know, Ohio was, you know. Wisconsin, you know, Illinois, Michigan, these are swing states. And there's a reason why they're swinging back and forth, because both parties are really fighting over the common man. You know, the, the Democrats used to be the, the party of the working class. And I'm not sure that's always, I'm not sure they're, they're winning that right now, you know. But to me, you know, it's, it's like Reagan, Reagan Democrats at one time is what, what, what they call people. But, you know, um, so... You know, to me, the you know, to me, the Republicans are focused on principles, but really not connecting to the beliefs that you know. To me, a belief can sometimes solve a an immediate problem. And that's where I think that's where that's where I'm trying to push mm. my party to is to is to feel a little bit more and to, and to show, you know. I want my party to show its human face. Like one of the things Harry and I have talked mm. about, you know, you know, you know, I just want to have like something where I can get a bunch of Republicans say, "Hey, my name is blah blah. I'm a teacher. You know, I, I live here, and I'm a Republican because, you know, to me that that's very important. If the Republican Party doesn't, I'm a Republican because yeah, if the Republican like Party that. doesn't do that, we are going to lose. That's that's just you know, we mm. have to connect, and I'm fighting it, and. Frank, I don't give a crap. I'm going to keep fighting it. You know, so. <laughs> no, and, it's and good. That I that, that's a principle. Yeah. yeah. I wanted you to yeah. maybe mention too. I mean, you were on that call the other day with, uh, I think it was the California GOP, um, so to speak. And most of them were very much saying, you know, the coronavirus is being overhyped. It's, you know, we're not, we should be all getting back to work and all this kind of stuff. And as somebody who works in biotech, who sees this yeah. stuff every day, you were very much just like, no, like we need to stay home. This is a very real threat and it has nothing to do with politics. And I was very happy that you, you decided to speak out. I don't care if it's Gavin know? Newsom or, or, or Donald Trump. I mean, they're, they're saying the same thing. I mean, you know, the, you know, this can spread, you know, spread through contact with others. It's just not about you, you know, and, you know, I'm fighting that. So, um, I have a lot of places I want to go. I know Rodney does too, but, one of the things that we like to cover in our, cause it's fun to talk about politics if you're interested yeah. in politics, yeah. but one of the things that is foundational to who we are is the human experience. You talk about this, like I want to feel, I want, I don't want you to just tell me what I should think. 
right? Like I want, I want to vote for you because I believe in you, not because you're telling me what I should think. Mm -hmm. And your experience growing up, um, you said it, like I started thinking for myself and all this stuff. But there's one thing that I love about your show and what you guys do is you maintain a love for each other that's obvious. Um, and it came out very obviously and so far today from you, Randy. I'm curious, Harriet, like how have you to maintain that? Like what, where does that come from? Because there's an example there and I'm curious to understand the dynamics of your relationship more as a result. I mean, for me personally, like I know, and this is what, like you said, it matters to me. I'm not just voting for a politician and their ideals. I'm voting for who they are as a person and what mm -hmm. they practice, you know, in, in their off time. Because I think that really goes into making laws and, and all that kind of stuff. I know, at, I know at his core, my dad is a good person. And I have seen examples of that every single day since I was born, you know, so when he sometimes says things that I, I necessarily don't agree with, when we dig deeper and we peel back layers as to why those beliefs have formed, I can see things more clearly as to why he formed those beliefs. And I can understand him on a more human level, you know, when he's not for certain programs or, you know, handouts or anything like that, I can talk to him and he can be, you know, he can talk to me about why he's worked for every single thing he's ever had in his life. You know, but then when I bring up something like, well, don't you think it was easier because, you know, you're white and then <laughs> it becomes a whole thing sometimes. But we always manage we have to some key that. words that are just like, oh, I'm not allowed to <laughs> up white privilege without some sort of like qualifying question beforehand because he gets very upset. But at the same you time, can't just throw a hey, hey, white like, privilege. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking to like poke a button. Trigger warning. Yeah. Needed. Trigger and, warning. And, needed. and he's like, yeah. hey, hey, Harriet, uh, snowflake. snowflake. <laughs> I 100% know, right? 100%. No, I mean, he, he says liberal dem, which I know in essence isn't a bad word, but it feels I like. I mention the word commie every now and then. He means it that way. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I think my dad and I, we are literally like, sometimes I swear the same person, anyone who sees us is like, yeah, you guys are related. Um, just facial expressions, like everything. Like I am so his daughter. And so neither one of us like to be mad at each other. My mom's side of the family, they're British. And I swear to God, they can just like not talk to each other for decades or just generations. There's just like, there's just like, we are not that way. We are emotional, like Polish people. Like that, my dad always talks about like with his, his grandma, like we can't not talk to each other. I hate it. Like I talk to him. I rely on talking to him at least once a day. And if I don't talk to him once a day for like an hour, I'm really sad because he's literally before I met my husband, he was my first best friend. Mm. And I don't want to lose that just because we disagree on something political. You know what I mean? And, and at the end of the day, I know where my dad stands. I know even if he says one thing, because for example, we fought a lot about the whole oh. Brett Kavanaugh thing because my dad knows Brett Kavanaugh. Mm -hmm. the whole thing but we were able to find common ground and, and how that I think how are you two happened. doing that like i mean how how do you get through that because and i'm asking this for the audience yeah. and for families yeah. and i mean you demonstrated on your show but we always like to try to dig into the psychology of these things like how do you do that because so many there i mean after trump got elected people literally stopped talking to each other yeah. Whether you, oh, they get, right. even if you're family, like, right? Unfriending yeah. oh God, out no. of control, right? Like right as no, that. hundred percent. I think that if you can't agree to disagree sometimes, mm. then your relationship isn't very strong. 
Um, I think that if you are literally unable, and we talked about this on the podcast too, we said this, I think on our first episode, if you can't have discussions about what's really going on in the country and the world um, and with politics in the United States with the people you love the most, how in holy hell are you going to have to have a, you know, a, a friendly conversation with somebody you just meet on the street mm-hmm. or a coworker? Or, you know what I mean? It, you're supposed to have that connection first of love and that foundation of mutual respect, ideally in family relationships. But I, I, I see these people all the time. My girlfriends, for example, who are married to somebody who has, you know, completely opposite political views as them. And that's what I'm curious about. And they say things to me like, oh, we just decide to not discuss it. And that blows my mind because I just feel like politics and how you view the political system it really permeates into every aspect of your life, how you interact with your daughters. For example, if you are saying, I vehemently support Donald Trump or Brett Kavanaugh, are you then saying that you don't believe women when they bring up allegations of sexual misconduct? Like it's so nuanced. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I think agreeing just to not talk about it is, is just not possible. I think you're leading, you're setting yourself up for failure. How do you, how, how about you? Randy? Yeah. Um, Harry and I have done probably about. No, 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 you didn't. No, you didn't. I'm sorry. Harry and I have had about forty podcasts. We've we have two or three that we did when we're either tired or or the like that we've that we've put on the uh, yeah. side, and I think we should bring them back because I I think they're instructive sometimes, and sometimes she got mad at me, and sometimes I got mad at her, and <laughs> and, and to be honest, I just want to be big fast about this. You're not remembering these podcasts. I am saving you. By I, I know. Harris says, oh, if, you know, I may have gone off a couple of times. I want to hear him. <laughs> mostly it was probably like, you know, 90, 80% me going off and 20% her. But she had one that, that, that was interesting. She got mad at me. But, but you know, you know, honestly, whenever I think about Harriet, I think of the little, she, she was my first baby, uh, you know. I used to, you know, I used to sing to her uh, Yankee Doodle as a little kid. And so, so, but, but, you know, you know, this is our future. I mean, she's, she's our future. You know, all you guys are our future right now, you know? And, 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 you know, so, so for me, it's, you know, seeing the person, realizing that this is a view. And, 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 and you know, uh, we've started on, on the show a little bit about, Going in and saying, you know, she and I will will defend ourselves when it's a really important view. But when there's some things that we know we're not going to agree on, we'll say now, okay, let's just agree to disagree. Or 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 I'll start off and I'll say, okay, Harry, it's my understanding this is the democratic view. Let me explain my view. And, and but but I think the real magic of the show, though. Is I, I mean, look, and, and, you know, all you guys, if you're going to have daughters or sons, you, you, you know, you know, the, the magic of, of this show is that I'm changing and she's changing. And, and, and for example, I started off saying, I don't need to do background research. And, 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 and you know, you know, I got enough I in this brain already. And, 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 <laughs> Never said that. That's a, that's a, but you know, but but it's like you, you, you know. I said I listen to Fox News, and that's all I listen to. And she said, yeah. I can't believe you don't listen to something else. And, and so now I'm ABC, NBC, CNN. Oh, CNN. Ooh. 
but you know, but but yeah. but yeah. I changed. I get I've that. changed in that I just don't believe if my party's saying it on Fox News, because I'm even questioning that as to whether is this propaganda or is this the truth. So if I see it on CNN also, then I believe it more. And and let me just mention to you, you, you know, when I you know. I taught for three summers uh, a law school co- well, course in uh, China, and Harry actually attended one of them. Uh, yeah, but but you know, <laughs> we asked the Chinese students one thing: when you get sick, who do you trust with giving you the uh, the appropriate advice? The Chinese equivalent of the FDA, your your Western, you know, your Chinese Western doctor, your Chinese medicine doctor, your parents, the internet. The entity they, 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 you know, um, the entity they didn't trust the most was the Chinese equivalent of the uh, SF, uh, of the FDA, because they said, mm. "I can't trust anything coming from the government." They didn't trust the Western doctors as much as they trusted the Chinese doctors, but the entity they trusted the most was they said, "If we hear it on the internet more than once, then we know it's true." And I mm. thought that was very interesting. So, so, uh, you know, so, you know, Harriet took, uh, a communications at, uh, at San Diego state and she wrote a lot about, no, not at San Diego state, uh, <laughs> university of San Diego. I'm sorry. Don't, don't mind me. So I'm getting, you know how it is, but, but, but she had a course once about, about communication strategy, right. About propaganda mm-hmm. and, and, and about, yep. Yeah, but you know, oh, but yeah, but if you think about it, guys, yeah. uh, we all have to ask the question today as Americans. You know, when I grew up, we had Walter Cronkite, we had David Brinkley, and Chet Huntley, and we sat this close to the TV, and we watched yeah. about ten hours of TV, <laughs> probably like, a day. Got really close to his camera. But you know, but but. Yeah. <laughs> Today, I don't know, you know. We have so many sources. I don't know who to trust anymore. And, and I'll be honest with you. You, yeah. know, you know, how do we all form the truth out of everything? Oh, we, we talk yeah. about that on a regular basis too. I mean, I initially got mad when he brought that up because I was like, "Well, what are you talking about?" But what is a fact, and what makes something true? And is it something you've experienced firsthand? Is it something for, for some, I feel like a lot of people in this country, specifically regarding COVID-19, it's kind of like, unless I've experienced it personally or someone I know personally has experienced it and been very ill, I don't believe that it's anything more than the common flu. And, you know, there's a lot of beliefs like that, um, that, that float around. And it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, for example, I know my dad, when I was taking that um, persuasion and propaganda course and I was taking international communication styles and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, we talked about watching BBC, Al Jazeera, which my dad to this day still goes, Ugh. Um, Great news story. I know, though, I know. I, I have Jazeera. to open up a little bit. I know, I know. And that's and that's you know? said by the guy who does not watch any news sources. I know, I know. I know. I'm getting there, though. Yeah. Well, what's yeah, interesting, I mean, if, if it, like, before we go too far down, because I'm sure we'll go in a different direction, what I love about what you just demonstrated there as far as the evolution because i'll tell you if you really want to better your communication skills and your your perspective and do that start a podcast like you don't have to publish it just put yourself because i'll tell you like (laughs) the amount that we've learned and rodney and i talk about this all the time just through this podcast 
our listening skills, our communication capability, like all of that stuff. It, it is, it is an, an amazing tool, but regardless, there's a lot of opportunity where people try to engage in conversation to either one change people's mind or two to um, shut someone up or own them, which is a yeah. far right, far left uh, terminology. Um, and the reality is there's so much of us in the middle that yeah. want to just have civil, reasonable conversation, but we're all afraid to. And yeah. you're not going to change anybody's mind. Like you're not going to sit across from, I'm not going to sit here, Randy, yeah. and we can certainly talk about white privilege. And I would love to engage in that conversation. But at the end of a 20 minute conversation on that, we're not going to convince each other of our position. However, what we do do is we lay the groundwork for an incremental act of understanding over time, understanding each other's perspective, maybe never moving the needle, but this is the basis of our friendship. And I love to hear that's what you do. So the maybe, point there is like is engage, the have a conversation, right? Like one step at a time, the first one may suck, but give it 20 <laughs> times. And next thing you know, it, you, you, you never know where you are, especially when it comes to family. Um, oh, it's like introducing your kids to vegetables, you know, the first 10 times suck, but, yeah. After that, it's they say 18 times yeah. on average to introduce a kid before they start liking. Uh, well, not my yeah. kids. My kids are true California. Yeah, they yeah. both love avocado. Uh, Reese love just started solid food. She's all, all about peas and zucchini right now. Like that's her. That's that baby led weaning life. She gets after it. it. Yeah. But um, my, my first wanna, was super picky. My second one. Go back either. to the facts. Um, we had because we had a really good conversation about this yesterday, and you said something, Harry. Beliefs. I think that's what I was missing in the conversation yesterday, Keith. Is that um, what we kind of concluded is like there are facts, but mm -hmm. what we're talking, we hu humans, it's yeah. not just an American yeah. thing, like humans, are, what we're generally talking about has very little. We're not talking about facts. We're usually talking about experiences or beliefs. We're using the word facts to couch yeah. our beliefs and our experiences. That's typically what's happening. Or we're using some factoid to prove yeah a belief or make an experience valid versus actually talking about a fact, which makes it impossible to actually evaluate the actual fact. Um, and that's, I think, the largest challenge. And then you can get into different sources of information providing conflicting facts. Like, that's a whole nother mm -hmm. piece. But I don't think that's the majority of the issue. I think you nailed it. And I'm, I'm sorry to... I, that whole point on experience, experience becomes the facts that we perceive, right? Like mm -hmm. if, if I lived in San Francisco around Redwoods all the time, and then I moved to the Midwest and saw an oak, I might not think an oak is a very big tree. But if I live in the desert and never see a tree and go to a front yard that has a 20 foot tree, I'd be like, oh, that's the biggest tree ever. Yeah. And it's factually it's a 20 foot tree. Like that's the only fact that we can get how yeah. I perceive it, whether it's big or small has everything to do with my experience. Oh, we have a lens through which we yep. filter information, the world, how we take things in. And that's why they always say there's my side, your side and the truth, just because all of our personal experiences in our life are, are tainted. I don't know if you guys have seen, uh, just sorry, it kind of goes off of that, that show, the affair on HBO. Yeah, I haven't. No. All right. Well, what they do is they show it from two different perspectives, mm. how she's perceiving reality and the chain of events that have happened, and then how this other person perceives it. Mm. And it's just really unique in showing 
just perspective side by side, because have you ever noticed how you can have a conversation with somebody and walk away with a completely different takeaway yeah. thinking you're on the same page, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, totally. it, yeah. that's kind of how that, yeah, that's kind of how I see it. Yeah. And I think then the question, yeah, great. Go ahead. Nope. No, I was going to say like, and I think that's the thing with the, fa- with facts and then conversation in general is like, when you realize that, then you can have that conversation and, and figure out how to get on the same page or how to understand what they're actually saying and, and how to explain what you're actually saying in a way that they can understand it and, and ingest it. The, um, I don't know, Randy, if there was anything you wanted to add there, because I want to go back to something. I mean, if you think about the law, right. And, 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 you know, when you're presenting a case, you know, you thought of, yeah, I, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, you know, what is what is what's evidence, right? I, I mean, evidence is when somebody comes up and 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 it's there, you know, they say, I've seen this, right? Or, or, and, you know, I, I saw it. I, I saw the crime committed. Or then you have, you know, scientific evidence where you have the picture. Here's a damn picture of it or or here's a DNA or, or something. But but then, then you have hearsay, right? Hearsay is. Well, she told me that she saw this. Well, I, I mean, if, if, if you think about how we get a lot of our news, like we get our news through the lens of a reporter, you know, who gets it through the lens of a station that, you know, sells, sells things in that. So, so I think the one thing we just always have to be aware of, you know, just, just as a consumer of news is that, Who's saying this? Why are they saying this? Is there, you know, you know, the the big thing which you know which came up in COVID right now? You know, does Donald Trump own an interest in that certain in that certain uh, COVID nineteen therapy or something like that? The hydroxychloroquine, the malaria. I mean, I mean, mean, but the truth about America: what are we good at? And to me. We are the world's biggest marketers in the world. I mean, I'm more bigger. I mean, you know, but but you know, you know, you know, we are marketers. You know, we have this big country that we've essentially tamed, and we can sell. If you can sell it in St. Louis, you can sell it in Bangor, Maine. You can sell it in Florida. You can sell it in San Diego or something. But that's what we're good at. And the question is, are we just bullshitters? I mean, is is that just what we is that what we do? Because if you think about it. We convinced people in the 1920s and 1930s to put a freaking cigarette into their mouth and to have that be sexy. And the amount of people, you know, you know, I grew up in the 60s and 70s, the amount of people who smoked when I grew up, holy shit, it was everywhere. You couldn't find non-smoking. Well, you said that they marketed, they marketed it, right? With we used to have uh, candy cigarettes. Which, by the way, is yeah. still happening. Yeah. Yeah. But if you think yeah. about it, so then how do we go from that society to the society now where if you smoke, you're you're really a poor person who, you know, smoke yeah, yeah, smoking smoking cigarettes yeah. at least is so Especially is so anti, you know, social or, or anything else. But you know, but that scares me a little bit because you know, we have that going on. You got the CIA, FBI, you got the, the KGB. You got the Russians, you got the Chinese. I don't know what the hell's true anymore. It's like everything's coming in and, and, and 
I'm sort of like carry on homeland, you know? It's like, I don't know what the hell to believe anymore. Hey, Putin, you, know? <laughs> you listening? <laughs> now, it's this funny, funny phenomenon when you think about just population density and population growth from 1950 to 2020, right? Like 1950, there are 2.5 billion people on the planet. Now there are 7.6. Um, you know, it's... And the U.S. has grown not proportionally, because, I mean, most of that's in India and China. But at the same time, like, I think there were, what, 150 million people in the in the United States at the time, and maybe a little bit more. And now we have all kinds. I mean, for the first time in the history of the United States, by 2025, it'll be a the, the white race, we'll call it, by, by, by census information, will be less than 50% of the population. I can't remember when um, I was 11 years old. Shift. I was 11 year old kid. We had a celebration. We have 200 million people in the United States. It was like this big thing. Whoa, we have 200 million people. Yeah. Holy hell. Yeah. How the hell yeah. in the last 40 years yeah. we get now, what, 340 million or three? 70, three, 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 I mean, 30, like, I think is hell. the total. Yeah. You know, so anyway. yeah. it um, kind of makes me think what, what's up? What are we at? 400 million? No, 450? Yeah, 330. 330. 250 um, it makes me voters. think you uh, opened by talking about the 13 colonies, not even yeah. states, 13 colonies, yeah. and the Articles of Confederation into the Constitution. Dec- well, you got Declaration of Like yeah. now, into these 50 states and some other provinces and eight territories, territories and, and sub territories where we just have bases. Um, like, Managing 13 colonies versus managing 330 million people, very different. Like, it seems like we're running, we're attempting to run today's software on, like, the first Apple. IBM mainframe. Yeah. Like... Off of one of those little discs in the mail that they would send. We haven't upgraded all the stuff. And I'm like, why isn't it working? It's like, well, maybe we're using some outdated. (laughs) Like, and I'm not just talking about the declaration. I'm talking about like how we manage society, how we think about talking to each other. Randy, you're talking about all the sources. Like, yeah, we've got like we have so like Facebook never thought about Russia. Like, if you're if if I'm if I'm an entrepreneur who has this amazing amazing social networking platform, and maybe he did think about this. But I don't think he thought that the Russians were going to buy ads to you. Just like Like he didn't. He it was an isolated platform that was just for universities. I know. Thinking Russian. It was a Facebook because it it was a yearbook. That was the Facebook. That was they used to call it the pig book at one point. That's what it was. No, my. Yeah. No, Paul, my husband, had he was telling me about it because I guess it came out his, I think, freshman year of college and how it was like just for universities and all this kind of stuff. Yep. I don't think Zuckerberg in a million years would have thought he'd be testifying, you know, about all of this, you know, Russian collusion and, and bots and all this kind of stuff. It's crazy. That testimony and the idea of not upgrading, it became painfully apparent how out of touch all those people interviewing Zuckerberg were with how a the real world works and b the inter how the internet works. Hundred percent, yeah. One of the questions they asked, like, "Have you ever touched a goddamn computer?" Like, we didn't. They still have blackberries. Like, we could have, and, and like, I hate using. Twitter. 
<laughs> like that trial could have shaped so many different yeah. things. Like, cause that, like that's a real problem that happened during the last election cycle. It's a very real problem. And we could have shaped some real policies and thoughts around like what we're going to do. Yet we were asking questions about like, the basics of the internet. Yeah. It's like, God damn. Yeah. Like, no. But that's why, though, that's why it's... 70 you know, and 80-year-olds. One of the things Harriet and I have right. talked about, and, and, you know, we see this in California, but one of the things Harriet and I have talked about is to have a mandatory audit every five years or every 10 years of the government, of the we, have an audit as to, as to how we do things. It's like, for example, you know... Two things send me off some, some, sometimes. I mean, you know, one is that, you know, we think we're providing service when we're on the phone 40, 50 minutes now. It's like if you want to call a governmental entity like the IRS or, or any, any agency in the U.S., good luck. I, 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 mean, I mean, you're on the phone for a hell of a long time, and that's just wrong. We need to fix that. The DMV in California, we need to fix that. It, I mean, I mean, we need to get this to where it's, you know, it's moving smoothly, you, you know, but, um, it, it, you know, it, it, but it's like a two edged sword there. Cause it costs money. Well, let's think all that through. I, I mean, I mean, what's going to be important right now are the lessons from COVID-19, for example. And, and I've seen a lot of articles about this and that, but education, if you think about it, where's all the damn money gone in the last 30 years? The amount that I spent for Harriet, I mean, honestly, it was what, Harriet, like 70000 dollars a freaking year to go to school. When I went to college, it was probably twenty thousand dollars at a at a private school. You know, ten years before like ten years before me, years, yeah, right? ten years before me, it was five thousand dollars. The the, the the University of California system was almost free. The state system in California mm -hmm. was free. Where the hell is the money going? I, I mean, if you think about it, what COVID nineteen is telling us: you can learn from home, and you can do it at night, and you yep. can maybe work during the day, so you get job training. I mean, you know, for yep. me, it's like, you know, question everything. And what I love about you guys, your generation, and, 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 and it's generation of, of more techies, question everything. And, you know, I, I think Republicans are saying, let's keep the basis of this framework, the Constitution, because there are some things that the founders did that, that work. You know, federalism, yeah. it, it, we think it works. You know, should there be tweaks? There got to be tweaks. You know, some dinosaurs in my party are like, well, you can't change your damn thing. Oh, screw that, you know. Which may, may leads to one of my questions, but we'll yeah, get but there. You know, but, Continue. but you know, but yeah. it's like education. Why, you know, we were bashing homeschoolers. Oh, they're weird kids. Your kid's going to be weird if you, you know. Now we're all. I mean, now we all go home, or or, <laughs> yeah, or, home. or charter schools. Oh, charter schools don't have union people involved. You know, and that's bad. Let's get them out of business. Oh, screw that. You know, they're they're innovative schools. But now, well, to add yeah. to your point. We're 27th in the world in healthcare yeah. and education. Yet our prices have gone greater of our federal than the cost of inflation yeah. than the value. Like, to your point, where is where's the money, the money going? going? It's not going to better but, education. But, but seriously, to, yeah. to where I see it going, look, I used to teach at a law school. And then like, you know, I, I went back and got an MBA in my 50s. Why the hell did I do that? I must have been nuts. 
but you know, <laughs> but, 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 but what's interesting about it is the money is going to the administrators and the money is going to universities building buildings. And these are nonprofits who are gaining wealth. It's like, you know, I mean, Donald Trump, God bless him. At once, he's not afraid to tell people like it is, you know, like with Harvard accepting money from the COVID-19 stuff. You seriously, you got a freaking multi-billion dollar endowment and you have the nerve to take it out of the, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, I mean, something that should be going. Through. Wait, wait, you mean like out of the uh, PC, yeah. like the payroll yeah. pay yeah, and, program? Like, yeah. Harvard? like a Sonic, yeah. Sonic yeah. restaurant yeah. chain. That, I mean, seriously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, Ruth Chris Steakhouse yeah. and Shake Shack. Seriously. Got it but, you know, but, but that's what I love about what's happening now is some of these entities are being called out and we need to call them out. I mean, that's the role of, I mean, that's the role as, as us, as, as, as I would call us members of the press. We are members of the press, though. I, I, I mean, you know. But, but to me, though, it's every five years or 10 years, let's do that audit. We don't know where the hell the money's going, but because it's our money. It, it's the we. And, and, you know, why can't we have, you know, why can't we have schooling, I, I, I mean, on the web? You know, if you think of Because parents. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, one of the things, you know, my local assembly district in my party was coming up with a contract with California and, and our head of the San Diego party said, Oh, nobody wants that, you know, but we came up with some good freaking ideas. One idea was, and I'll just let you guys know. And, you know, one, one idea was to do two things with education. One cut a year off of high school. You know, why do we have to go 18 years? You know, why do our kids have to, you know, have babies when they're 30s and 35 and 40? We're, our bodies are meant, your bodies are meant to, Harry, your, your body's meant to have babies. No, 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 but, 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 you know, we should be having babies maybe in our 20s when our bodies are more in sync with that whole process. But, but, you know, and then why does college have to be four years? Why the hell does it have to be four years? In Europe, it's... It takes four years. In Europe, it's three <laughs> years. And, and, and why does law school have to be seven years? Four years undergraduate and three years. In Europe, you can major in law as an undergraduate. Why does medicine have to take you freaking 10 years almost to get your freaking MD and to go through all the residency? You know, in, 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 in Europe, it's like four or five years. But, but, you know, one quick way that any politician who's listening here uh, uh, can do is take one year off of college. Make, you know, make either, you know, take the senior year away from high school, make that a college year. Give all college courses. You can stay at home. You don't have to pay for an extra year there. And, you, 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 you know, so you cut off room and board and, and you can either do it from high school or you can do it from home. Why not? I, I mean, why not automatically cut off of, of the college cost one quarter right off the bat? You know, I mean. I, um, I, I think, um, it's, it's interesting cause I've always contended that, uh, it would be nice to have a year after high school where everybody gets to work 40 hours a week. So when you go to college, you can appreciate it more. Um, but, um, you know, when you, when you look at the, the standardization of the nonprofit ecosystem of higher education, that is very much for profit the free market doesn't play in into it. Like they all standardize to your point and there should be more opportunities, not just for an associate's degree yeah. in two years, but a bachelor's degree yeah. in two years yeah. or three years. Why aren't those 
why do we have this accreditation system? Oh, um, the accreditation system out, right? They were meant to to, right? to standardize and to have procedures, but they've been oh my god, they put so many. Burdens but now in. all it turns into is it's a status yeah. thing, right? Oh, it's a like there's well, the benefit you talked about units. There's money involved, but I think part of the audit process helps with understanding. Yeah. Like, yeah, like having that audit, like where, what, what needs to be right now versus what was, and what can we change systematically that makes more sense? I, I, I actually, from my own personal experience, um, I support having kids in thirties because of financial stability, mental oh, maturity. I mean, our brains don't fully develop until we're twenty-five. So if um, having a kid, I couldn't. I mean, I'm thirty-seven. We we have a turned 38 this year and you know rodney and i same path i my wife and i talk about it all the time and she's 40 i'm like so glad yeah because i yeah. couldn't imagine being 22 years old and having kids oh i could like i, I could go i could party all night in my 20s and it wasn't yeah anything. i can't do that shit now and i have to but I, from a from a physical <laughs> standpoint <laughs> yeah physiologically like i would be much i would be a much calmer yeah. person. For, for now yeah yeah um, but, uh, yeah, no, I love that audit idea. Yeah. Like, th th do we need to follow to your, and this is where I struggle. Like this conservative mentality versus liberal mentality. It's just, you know, in the dictionary, it's holding to the old ways. We like stability. We like our comfort. We like the things that we know. Um, right. if it changes too much, we lose, we lose ourselves and, um, we need those routines. We need those rituals. Rodney you sent me an article that I need to read on when we lose our routines and rituals, oh, our but social, our social rituals. Yeah. Um, we should be changing those things all the time. And with the anchored principle of like, do we have a big federal government response? And, you know, I think this is one of the things that I, I got to come to a question here because I'm, I'm fascinated in learning this about the two of you. You both don't like taxes. You both get your hand out of my pocket. Like, That's my slogan. I've done. <laughs> you both, get your hand you both out of my pocket. Do agree, as we've learned, that there the role of government is to ensure that we all have equal and safe opportunities, and we're protected as a as a one being, a collective. In that ideal state, like how would we pay for it? Eric, go ahead. How oh, should yeah. we pay yeah. for it? Yeah. I mean. When I when I said I didn't like taxes, I guess I should have elaborated a little bit more. <laughs> I don't trust the people that are making the decisions right now as to how money that we are paying in taxes is being spent. That's Given awesome. the fact that, as you mentioned, you know our our education system is what twenty seventh in the world. Our healthcare system, we have the highest infant with the infant and mother like That's mortality awesome. rate. Yeah, next to some of the third world countries in the world. And we are supposed to be, you know, we pride ourselves on being number, we're always number one and we're leaders. No, we're not. We're not leading the way in all of these different, you know, areas of, of society. And I, I'm okay with taxes when it's going towards things that's, that's actually working to better society. For example, I know New Zealand, Norway, digging into those countries. Yes, I know that they pay an asinine amount of taxes. But you know what? My friend was living abroad in Norway and had a baby and uh, her husband's from Norway. And she just recounting that experience, showing me just like what the room looked like where she was delivering her baby, the food, the, the whole fact that you have a midwife coming in for a month after you go home from the hospital, checking in on you, checking on your mental health, your emotional health, offering to help around the house, making food. Like 
they they are worrying about the whole person in in these other countries. And I'm not saying that their way of spending is you know 100% spot on, but just having healthcare. I mean, having for example, I, I you know we've mentioned it on our podcast, but my little sister has been very very ill since she was born. And if my parents wouldn't have had the wealth that they do, I don't know if she would have, you know, I don't know if she'd be alive, to be completely honest. And knowing that there are people out there, you know, that, that have sick kids and then they're literally going broke trying to pay for that, that, that feels insanely wrong to me. And if we can fix those things, I am more than happy to pay my fair share of, of taxes. But while, you know, govern, government, government is just lining their pockets, the rich get richer and the little guy gets screwed still, and nobody's really taken care of, and we're still failing as a society, no, I'm not super for paying you know, a huge amount of taxes right now. I guess that's kind of my, my spiel. I, I guess me on taxes, you know, I am fine. If you think about it, you know, there sh- to me, there should be one tax, you know, one layer of tax that we all pay. And, and in my ideal government, my ideal society, is it's a society of equals, a society where a society of adults who have an obligation, and maybe it's at the age of 18 and maybe the age of 22, where we all pay the same rate. It's like going, it's, it's like joining a club, you know? You know, the, the question is, what do you do with somebody who's sick or, or what do you do with somebody who, who can't afford to pay? And to me, you, you, can, you know, a capitalist system just doesn't have a capitalism uh, you know, a capitalist economy. It also has a nonprofit sector, and you know, to me, you know, I see three institutions which, which in the U.S. can all play a role, and that's government, business, and the nonprofit sector. I think if you have a stronger government sector by itself, that can take away from the business sector, and then, and the nonprofit sector. But for me, I, I, I you know, look, the truth is. We've had higher taxes in the 60s. We have higher taxes in the 70s. And people rich. Wasn't it 70% was the top tax rate before Reagan? Money is mobile. And, 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 you know, it's it's like in Sweden. Rich Swedes leave Sweden. Some stay, but a lot of them leave. And, 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 you know, so, so, you know, part of this taxing system is is to think, you know, I I want a government that thinks, you know, and that is responsible, that says, here is what we spend, here is what we need. The rest is yours. Because I don't like somebody saying that I'm working and I'm giving it to the government or, or, or the government has an obligation. To me, you know, to me, the family is the most important you know, you know, entity in the world. The family to me is, you know, if every family could take care of their own, we wouldn't need government. The problem is some people are shitty parents or some people just go through crap. There's, there's just a lot of stuff happening. People, you know, you know people are sometimes... Life is not yeah, consistent. Yeah, I, I mean, look, How do we, yeah. look at just an, uh, a genetic dis- disorders or, or, or just, you know, it's like, you know, I'm in the life sciences. I, I, I see this every day, you know, and just, just the crap that people mm-hmm. have to go to, you know, go through. You know, so taxes, I don't... We have to understand we have people who, who, you know, if we had a pure capitalist system with little taxes, there would be people, homelessness would, would be so rampant on our streets, you know. So, so okay. we know we can't go there. But, you know, to, to me, to have a tax system that's fair, I fear California, though. 
I fear that Gavin Newsom and the Democratic Party in California feels that they have us by the short and curlies on this one, to be honest with you. I know it's bad, oh. but, but hey, it's dads like can that. sometimes say stuff. But, but you know, but, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but uh, you know, to me, it's almost like government has a slush fund. Parent does this every now and then with me. We have these dad moments where it's like, I can't believe you freaking said that. I do that all the time with you. I, think oh, I, I just had that head right. in her hand. <laughs> it's kind of... She's shaking her head at her father. Like, I don't, I don't No, but honestly, I, I, I mean, you know, taxes should be fair. You know, do I like paying them? No. Do I know I have to? And is it, is it my role as a citizen? Yes. You know, mm. I'll give up part of what I own for the greater good because I know we need it. Call it your freedom check. I think uh, no. a couple of terms you use, fair and equal, are very difficult yeah. to um, administer over large groups of people, even small groups, actually. Um, Cause what's fair to me and what's fair to you is like, like, how do you, how do you ascertain that? And, and you said, so society of equals just from a working population, not even taking all the social stuff into account, but let, that, that exists. How, how would we do that? Like a garbage man doesn't make what a lawyer makes, what a doctor makes, what a teacher makes, like how, like, how would we call it? Like, or I guess, what is it? What does a society of equals mean? A society of equal opportunity. You go to high school. Mm -hmm. I go, you know, you, you go to school. I go to school. And you know, look, I grew up on the other side of the tracks. My dad was an alcoholic who was a coal miner who was, you know, he was my dad and I loved him and he loved me. You know, and I'll, you know, I'm, I'm not saying anything, but, you know, he's, he was drunk probably three, three, four days a week. You know, and, and so I grew up with, you know, I played sports. And so my male role models were my coaches, you know, so I'm there. I had a mom who, who was a little Pennsylvania Dutch woman, five foot two. You know, her belief was that, you know, you can accomplish everything through working harder. And in the end, you know, she, she would be 83. But I, I remember she she worked two jobs at once, two eight hour jobs once, you know, for, for a couple of years. And, and she worked, you know, at, in, the, in the dress factories and, you know, and she worked it and she worked it until she got uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. She, she blew out her immune system. Mm. You know, I worked for a big law firm in New York for a couple of years. I was getting probably two or three hours sleep a night. I, I, I blew out my immune system. And I got cancer. So look, on the one hand, I am very, on the one hand, I'm very, you know, I understand, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't say lenient's not. No, 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 but, 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 yeah. on both cases, on both no, cases. but, you know, you know so, so on the one hand, oh. I'm very empathetic with people. I think you know, we have a daughter who has a rare, a rare, uh, a genetic disorder and, and she's, and, and she's 25, you know, and, and, you know, so, you know, we see that on the other hand, though, I'm German and I'm Polish and the German side is still, there's <laughs> that you work, you know, you, we are what we do. And, you know, so this is the, this is, this is the dichotomy with, within me. And I think the dichotomy within the country that, that, that we're facing right now. So, so, you know, opportunity, I think we need, you know, it's, it's like a football coach, right? You know, the football coach is always, you know, trying to, trying to have you, have you do, have you do more than you can do, you know, but it, 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 you know, it's tough. So, you know, I think we need to figure out in a society though, are, are you know are we 90 are we 90% people who can work 
and can have their own careers and, and who could be self-sufficient? Are we 10% with people who can't? Are we 99% of the people who can rather than 1% who can't? You know, you know being Polish, you know, I, I spent time in, in, in actually communist Poland. And, you know, and I've seen, I've seen what just, you know, the communist system does. You know, it, it gives you a, 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 you know, the common people get this, this level a bunch of you know you know income and services and you don't work as hard you know because there there's not the incentive and then an elite get more so you know I I like the American system but because we you know you know if you work hard enough and the right things fall in place health you know you know in the old days you know health race sex and everything else you know but you know. Do you think, Dad, though, that, I mean, people who have vastly different income levels, like, you know, teachers versus lawyers, do you think they should all pay the same level of tax? You know, just one? I, I mean, mean, a gallon of milk's a gallon of milk costs the same for everybody. You see, right? that's, yeah, that's my issue in that I'd like to see it. But those are two different topics. Well, you see, that's, that's, no, that's trauma. Because if I, no, but if I tax, um, you at five percent and me at five percent but i make a hundred grand and you make 12 your ability to afford a gallon of milk is much harder at that point than mine yeah. that's yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so, so in, yeah my ideal situation is and i you know and and it's like anything else you you, you gotta look at the assumptions you're making right and 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 my mm. assumptions are that we are all equal and in america i think you know i don't know if we're better than than that than other countries i don't know but 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 that's an assumption i'd i'd like to make you know so in that situation if if we all had the opportunity that was the same and not saying we do then i would see us paying the same you know your income tax you know here's how much the government thinks it's going to spend here's how many people we have in the country over the age of 18 here's what each of us has to pay and for me that would encourage the government to not spend very much or to only spend on on what we need, but at the same time, if the government, if we make money, like the Saudis, for example, I don't know if you talk with with uh, uh, people from Saudi Arabia, but the Saudis give their people a check. You you get your your check every month from the oil revenues, right? And mm-hmm. and the yep. elite get a hell of a lot more. Kind of like Alaska, some some parts of Alaska yeah, do that. Yeah, that's right. I that's believe. right. So, mm-hmm. but but that's interesting. That's an interesting type of government. In California, we're always complaining about the oil industry. There's other issues with the right? government, but right, but but, but but you know, in California, yeah. we're always complaining about the oil industry. What if we, what if we decided that that would be a California industry where where we'd all get a check then at the end? So so I, I I'm. I would be okay with that. <laughs> it's kind of like, um, well, it's also like solar renewable energies. Like it's yeah. all, you know, you, you're, you're contributing to the grid if yeah. you have solar panels yeah. in your house. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, but, yeah. But, you know, so, so assuming that, you know, we were, we were all equal. I, I would say here is how much the government's spending. Here's how many people we have. Here's what you got to pay. Okay. I'm, even okay with the progress, you know, you know, with the five percent issue, you know, because you make more, you should give more. But what I'm really not okay with, and and I don't think it works for the poor people or or or, or, or works for the wealthy, 
is to say, for example, 50% of the people don't pay tax. I think paying tax is a, is a right of citizenship that makes you an equal member. You know, and, and, you know, I can remember people in the old days who were working, who had a pride of work, who, who, would, who would show their check and say, that's going to the government, but I'm, I'm helping with, you know, I'm, I'm an equal citizen in this country. I mean, you know, so I just have I have a problem today with with some people who say that we're going to tax the people who who make, and and these people are saying it and they're not paying the tax. But granted, a lot of people who make have good tax lawyers who don't pay a damn thing. Exactly, and that's where the and I and I and I you know having had the experience of and witnessing the experience of you know working multiple jobs and you know maybe you have two kids. You live in a one-bedroom apartment. You have to pay rent, and rent goes up every year. And hell, yep. maybe you live in California, and there's no chance you can leave because you got your two jobs, and you can't go find two new jobs in Missouri and pay less in right. rent. And you're not, you know, yeah. price protected. And then, I mean, when I was in high school, a gallon of milk cost ninety-nine cents. I remember the ninety-nine cent sticker. Now, what is it? Three ninety-nine. Why? Uh, why? Like, why did it go up? Yeah. You know? Why? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's, there's the intertwining of capitalism and government and the, you know, how do we, how do we play that fair and balanced and, and work through it? And, you know, it's such a complicated issue. And I think, you know, then equity comes into play. Do we all have the equal opportunity, which is absolutely something I would love to dive into. But as we approach the end of this, yeah, and I will, um, we always have a final question because I do want to be respectful of time. And I feel like we could all sit here for another two hours easily and continue down the road. And maybe yeah. we have you back. Um, and maybe we just talk. I would love that. Thank you for joining us, by this the way. Fun. Thank you for scheduling and being yeah. flexible. Um, but we always have one final question and I'll leave that to Rodney. Yeah. So to each of you, what would you like to leave our listeners with? All right, go ahead. Okay. (laughs) I would say that basically politics can be extremely contentious in your family. Um, It can be extremely contentious in in the world. And I think that it's very important, you know, not, not to play off the name of your show too much, but to find the things that you have in common and to find your common ground with other people. I think when you strip things down to a very human to human level and have human to human conversations and really just get to the core, you know, humanity of an issue. That's when you can sort of find common ground. Cause I've met people, you know, where it started out these very combative conversations. When you strip people away of their defensiveness and their argumentativeness and their layers that they've kind of built up over the years of their cumulative experiences and you get down to who they are on a soul level that's when the real change-making conversations can take place in the world. And I think that's what's going to move our country forward as a whole. It's not going to be what's best for the left or the right, the Dems, the Republicans. It's about what's best for us as humans and how can we all just be better. You know, I guess I guess what I would say on this one is that without love and respect in the communication, you know, you aren't really communicating. And, and, and you know... And, you know, secondly, is that you guys mentioned it, you know, it's, 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 you know, don't think of a conversation as being a, put a conversation as, as being a way to convince, you know, think of it as being a way to unite. You know, we're talking about 
you know, politics is just a process to get to the end result, which is better government, greater government. And, and, and you know, and, and, and to me, debate is so an important part of our process, of our political process. You know, we are only going to get to the right answers. And, the, and, and, and what is a right answer? A right answer is going to be something that achieves our goal, but that we agree on. And so to me, the only way to get to that right answer is to not to have it be imposed, but to have it to come from this process. And this process is such an important part of our democracy. And it's such, a, and, and it's just, you know, it's, it's who we are as a people.